Hi everybody, this is Jim Ford. And this is Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 15. Episode 15. We got a big episode here today, Dan. Yeah, what are we going to be doing, Jim? We are going to be going over topics that the forum members have come up with for us. I love those guys. Well, except yes. that one, but we don't have to talk about that. Oh, which one? Which one? No, 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 no. Go on with your, your, your thing. No, no, you you say the, the person, and I'll beep out his no. name later. <laughs> I like that guy. He's awesome. Yeah, but I don't know what his name means. Oh. That that gets me. Why I don't know what people's scream names mean. It just it hurts me inside. So, you know, I just write them off emotionally. Maybe we can find out in a future episode. Oh, I'm, I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> okay, so let's start out the episode with a little bit of news. Did you bring the news? Yes, I did. All right. <laughs> I, as long as I wasn't supposed to do it. <laughs> okay, Green Lantern news. Now, this is something that you actually found online after we were supposed to record originally. So it's shut less news now, but at least now you can at least participate in it. Oh, shut up. Stop trying to make me feel bad because there was an electrical storm. Listen, you can make all the excuses that you want. Blame oh, Thor. I was sick. There was an electrical storm. I got into a car accident. It's always something with you. You got into the uh, you know. Details, details. Okay. You just wait. I'm getting you back at, at your wedding. You oh. won't know how... But you'll know when. Fun, fun, fun. Okay, so the news that I would be referring to is uh, Solomon Grundy, number five. Ah, uh, yes. There's a now, preview of that, yes. isn't there? Yeah, there was a preview on Newsarama, and, you know, obviously it's not going to spoil the whole issue, but after we were just discussing the ramifications from Solomon Grundy, number four... Like, right in the first couple of pages, you see Alan Scott at the wreckage of his house, and he's kind of, like, using his powers to make the power battery kind of, like, rise. Like, all the pieces start rising from the debris. Yeah, and you can even see on his, the tops of his hands, I'm looking at the page right now, he's emitting green flame just out of his skin. So he does have that connection to the power that I was worried was gone. So, But it's it's still rather interesting because he had made mention of the fact that his powers were gone. Yeah. I think so. once this issue comes out, it'll be really telling of, like, where Alan Scott is continuity-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. And that issue comes out, well, I suppose by the time they hear this episode, that issue will have already come out. Sweet. I think, you know, I think I might just get, because I've been waiting for the trade on this thing, and I got the, I got number four, because, you know, you talked about it on the show and whatever, but I really, I'm just, I'm really not that big into back issue diving. I think <laughs> I might, I might just, even though it's only seven issues long and I have one already, I think, I think I might just wait for the trade on it. Yeah, there's no way that I could possibly wait for the trade on this. Like, yeah. Wait until number four. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be a pain in the butt trying to find the back issues. 
but like this series, it just it, it went from me having no interest in it to like me being totally interested in it. Like this is another Green Lantern title for me to want to pick up. It's so good. When the trade eventually comes out, I think we should do an episode on this miniseries. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, are you looking at the preview right now? No, no, not right now. Well, when you when you have a chance, look at page two. Page two. Describe it to me, because I did look at it. It's, what's what's his name, Cyrus? What's Grundy's real name? Cyrus Gold Cyrus or something Gold? like that? Yeah. It's part of, like, the flashback, or what I assume is a flashback, of you know, him before his eventual death that turns him into Grundy. Right. And he's in the swamp next to the boat. Right. And there's something on the boat, which okay. I don't want to say. I'm going I'm going there right now. So I'm checking it out. <laughs> Second page. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We won't say just like the cover we talked about last time for number seven, we let's we won't spoil this. But that's, it's really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I will say that like from what I've been able to tell, every issue of this miniseries has like a like kind of film noir black and white grayscale with just like spots of red for blood. Yes. Like flashback sequence. Yeah. I want Scott Collins to do a book like this all the time because I am just visually in love with these sequences. Like this yeah. is perfect for him to draw. His he and his style is just gritty enough, just like like I I don't even know how to describe it. It's just really 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 appropriate for this kind of mood and setting and content. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm I'm loving this series. I'm I'm loving everything about the series. I have nothing bad to say about it. So good. Yes. Okay, so, more news. Do you know what came out earlier, let's say, I guess, this is last week as we were recording it. Do you know what happened? Last week. Like, came out comic-wise? Yes. Is that, was that wasn't Green Lantern Core, was it? No, actually, it was uh, Green Lantern. Oh. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um... I, as soon as you say it, I'll probably know it, but I can't think off the top of my head. Or was it that, did they do that, um, kind of through the ages kind of issue or something? No. Alright, well, what, what, is it, what is it? Animal Man number two. Oh, with the giant whale? Yes. Sweet! <laughs> you would think. Oh, uh, you, well, I'm surprised you got it. I thought you weren't going to. Oh, please, come on. They, t- they could put, they- <laughs> They could have somebody paint, like, a Green Lantern emblem on a rock, and you would buy it, even if, like, that's all they do with it. Oh, probably. If it was, like, especially marked, you know, Rock Green Lantern of Sector blah blah blah. (laughs) I think they have that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I picked up this issue because it has a giant Green Lantern whale on the cover. The series is Animal Man, The Final Days of Animal Man, or something like that. The Last Days of Animal Man, I think right. it is. Yeah. So it takes place, you know, so many years in the future. And I guess the, the basic premise of the story is that Animal Man's powers are starting to, like, dissipate, starting to unravel, and he can no longer call upon the powers of animals. 
Is it like because he's getting old, or or is that like the big mystery of the series? Yeah, I think that's that's one of the big mysteries. So they just like state that his his connection, you know, to the field is unraveling. Yeah. So there's this giant whale, Green Lantern, that that kind of saves Animal Man's butt, and Animal Man is just kind of like a jerk to him, you know, even though he's trying to help. Apparently, the whale is the replacement Green Lantern for this sector. For Earth sector? Yes, 2814. Is it an alien whale or, like, an Earth whale? I am pretty sure it's an alien whale, but I'm not 100% sure. Like, they make reference to something that they could be saying that, you know, it's an alien and that's his race's name. Or it could be like that's the you know the type of whale that he is and just has that name scientifically in on Earth. Hmm. All right. But you know, regardless, like I would say that the idea for the character was was unique, the this Green Lantern whale. But overall, it was pretty pointless to the story, and the story itself. You know, I I, I really was not feeling it. Like, this was going to be, like, my gauge to see whether or not I was going to be interested in picking up the rest of the series. And they introduce a new villain for the series. And there's there's literally three or four pages of her doing a villainous monologue telling her origin to herself, like, her mother that isn't really there, you know, that she's (laughs) picturing in the mirror. Nice. <laughs> I mean, like, it was horrendously bad storytelling. I was shocked at how bad it was. Who's the creative team on this thing? It's written by Jerry Conway, and the art is by Chris Batista and Dave Maigas, huh. with a cover by Brian Bowles. Uh, the art was very nice. I, I, I will give them credit. The art was, was fantastic. But seriously, the whole villainous monologue it was so ridiculous. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And it was supposed to be like taken seriously and everything? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I will not be coming back for this series. Uh that's that's too bad. Have you ever read anything else like aside from fifty two, because I know you read fifty two, have you read anything else with Animal Man in it? I don't think so. I mean I it's and it's not that I dislike the character. I just I never got around to reading that that stuff uh someday i probably will but you know i'm I, it's like I, i'm not predisposed to not like that character yeah you know i was i was reading this you know this issue thinking it's like wow you know if this is a good series then you know this is like my chance to get on board the animal man train you know yeah there have been times where i've thought about trying to get like just get the trades of the uh alan Moore grant stuff. morrison oh did alan moore work on animal man I thought it was Alan Moore. Is it Grant Morrison? I, I think it's Grant Morrison. Um, There's a whole thing where, like, he had Animal Man breaking the fourth wall and, like, coming out of the comic and talking to Grant Morrison, so I think Grant wrote that. Oh, okay. I, I'm confusing it with, I guess, Swamp Thing, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Part of me would like to give Animal Man a try in some incarnation, but... I don't know. I don't, I don't think they've really used him that well since 52. I haven't read really anything with him in it, but that's just the general consensus I've been getting. Yeah, well, they they keep sticking him in those, you know, adventure, strange adventure, countdown to final adventure, strangeness. With Adam Strange and Starfire. Yeah, yeah, that 
that'll Actually, I was looking at I was looking at covers and like Starfire is at least in or on the cover too, like one of the issues of this mini series. So they're still like even in the distant future, they're still just like joined at the hip. Well, actually in one of the previews it says that basically he at some point ends up having an affair with Starfire. Oh god. Yeah. It, that's that's a not not just not be I'm, this like my reaction has nothing to do with the pairing of those specific characters. It's the fact that, like Animal Man is the one the one hero in DC that gets the happy ending, you know? Yeah. And, like he he gets like he has a loving family. Like his wife, his kids, and you know, I could, his was the happy ending of 52. You yeah. know, his... Uh, not, I'm not going to spoil anything else about 52, because, like, you really can't spoil the space story. No, really nothing happens in it. But, like, <laughs> Animal Man gets home, and that's what it's been building towards all along. That, like, his... He loves his family, they love him, neither side is giving up on the other, and that, that eventually pays off. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's another thing that I wasn't really big on with this series. It's like, well, why would you do that to Animal Man? It just it doesn't seem like it's it's necessary to tell it this story. Man. So. I want someone who's really into Animal Man to like comment on this. Yeah. Like maybe because you, know, you know maybe to someone who who's been following the character forever, this current miniseries is amazing. Maybe. Like, maybe we're just not really getting it because we've never really read the character before, but it's, you know, it just seems... You know, that, that that's entirely possible, but from my opinion, like like I said, I've only read one issue. I've only read Animal Man, you know, Last Days of Animal Man or whatever, number two, and so I'm just judging this based on, you know, solely on what I read. But in this issue, he seemed very angry, and it was very, like, the Animal Man that I read in 52 and this Animal Man were, like, two completely different characters. And the difference being that the one in 52, I was actually rooting for. And in this one, I don't care at all. And that's why I'm not coming back to pick up any more issues. It's difficult for me to imagine how somebody that is a fan of Animal Man is going to read this and be like, Oh, yeah, this is the Animal Man I know and love. Hmm. So. Hello. So... I guess we're saying pass on animal, Last Days of Animal Man. I'm going to say that as a series, I'm giving it a thumbs down. As an issue, like if you're reading it to find out, you know, something interesting about Green Lantern, it's kind of a failure. But from an art standpoint, seeing a whale as a Green Lantern is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you see it like if you're really into Green Lantern art, pick it up. Or if you see it in a 50 cent bin, then definitely pick it up. Cool. So that's all the news that I got. You got anything, Dan? I got nothing. Okay, then uh, time for a short break, and then we will come back with the forum topics. Behold, the Green Lantern Power Battery. May I suggest that our newest member lead us in the Green Lantern's Oath? Yeah, come again? The Oath. Every member of the Corps knows the Oath. Yeah, um, uh, in blackest day or brightest night, watermelon, cantaloupe, yada yada, 
a superstitious and cowardly lot, with liberty and justice for all. Then again, maybe I should lead us. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware our power, Green Lantern's light. Yay, team! Okay, everybody, we're back, and on to the main topic of the episode. Yes. What are we doing again? Okay, well, just before we were set to record on, what was it, Friday? Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, I put up a post on the forum, like, a couple hours beforehand, saying that anybody that had any questions that they wanted answered by the Lanternologist or any topics that they could come up with for us to talk about, then to post it up, and we would answer it for them. And then we didn't record that night, thanks to you. Shut up. So there was a new deadline, which allowed many more people to post up suggestions and questions and whatnot, and we are going to now answer those questions. Mm-hmm. So. Want to alternate? Sure. All right. Want to go first? Yeah, the first one is from Saber Drake. I still, I still say that name kicks ass. Yes. I noticed in Sinestro Corps War Volume 2, the splash page featuring all the various cores at war. The Indigo Tribe has a Green Lantern underneath his open palm, and the symbol for Indigo Tribe is enveloping him. The Green Lantern is the, you know, air quotes, circle, and the up and down arrows are top and bottom of the Green Lantern. I'm thinking it's not a good thing. Perhaps the Green Lantern is being affected involuntarily. What do you guys think? Shall I go yeah. first? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I I think it's definitely a good thing. I think that they're showing compassion and just, like, healing the people that are, you know, knocked out on the battlefield. I actually think it's exactly the opposite. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I forget where it was said, but they're, like, deliberately waiting to show, no, they're waiting until Blackest Night starts to show us the Indigo Tribe for the first time. I mean, other than you know, in this group shot or in, in like a little panel here or there, or or in like a the almost secret files thing we got in the Blackest Night Zero. And if it was going to be this this profoundly positive force, I don't think they would have waited this long for that one in particular. I mean, I think compassion is going to be more neutral in that, yeah, alright, maybe they will go around healing some people, but I think they're also going to be performing a lot of, like, mercy killings. Oh, well, well, first, yeah, first off, I think it's important to say that the the page that he's talking about is uh, Green Lantern 25. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have the, the spread open right now. Yeah, I had it open on Friday. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, it worked out really good. Yeah, that that's an interesting point, actually. And if it follows with my theory that the whole Indigo is based off of the Mother Mercy, then he may actually be onto something as far as the Mother Mercy plant would hook up to people and basically just show them images and, like, you know, what a perfect life would be. That was what a Mother Mercy, you know, was originally for. And then you would die, but you would die in like uh, like at the happiest state possible. 
Yeah. So, so what you're saying, what he's saying, it does kind of make sense. But by the same token, what you're saying as far as them waiting so long to introduce the Indigo, I think that also backs up the idea that if they are a helpful core and they are out to basically save everybody and, you know, have compassion and mercy for everybody, then you would want to introduce them as late as possible so that they don't end up, like, saving everybody before the really bad stuff starts happening. True, true. You know, you want to wait for those, you know, wait until everything's at its absolute darkest before you send in, like, you know, the hospital crew to start healing people. Yeah. Part of me thinks that a lot of this is going to depend on how how big picture oriented the indigos are. Because, I mean, if you're just going around helping those in immediate need, then you're focused on the here and now, the small picture. But if your focus is on showing compassion to the, to, you know, the larger whole of the universe, then, you know, it's, it's not in anyone's best interest to allow the battle to keep going. You know, and what? the more, the more soldiers you heal, the longer it'll keep going. I'm going to stop you right there because I just realized that the point of Indigo and them showing compassion you know, if they're out to heal people, then that actually would make the most sense because if you, if you, you know, perform a mercy killing, then that person's going to die. All of a sudden, that makes them a prime candidate for Black Lantern. So maybe Indigo, they're holding off on using them because their whole job is going to be saving lives so that people don't become Black Lanterns and to prevent the Black Lantern core from increasing in size. Hmm. That does make you wonder, though, like, why haven't they been doing that already? Probably because they're still getting set up. Maybe. I mean, Blue's only got, like, what, four members now? Four or five. I, well, as of as of what we saw in Blackest Night Zero on that one page, I think there was... No, maybe there was only four. I want to say five, though. Hmm. I don't know, I just, I'm, until I see otherwise, I'm hanging on to this idea that there's going to be some kind of negative slant on them. Well, one more thing that I'll add, and then we can go on to the next uh, next topic. Hmm. If there is no negative aspect to them, obviously with hope, hope doesn't really have a negative aspect, and and love doesn't really have much of a negative aspect either. You know, compassion being right in there. That's like the creative side, like I was saying, with my theory of heading towards the white and heading towards the black on the emotional spectrum. Oh, hope and love can have negative aspects. Well, yeah, but we haven't seen them, like, actually, you know, trying to ha- trying to do anything negative yet. Mm, yet. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs> my turn. Let's see. Oh, Starth None, is it? Yeah, Starth Knight. Okay, a, a topic to discuss. Isn't it too bad that the Green Lanterns are no longer affected by the yellow impurity? Because I would love to see Dexstar during a fight urinate on Hal as an offensive, get it, offensive tactic. But that may be just me. I like it. 
Next. <laughs> yes, well, the only thing is, Hal would just have to get over his fear of being urinated on by Dexter. Oh, wait, no, this he's saying before the yellow impurity was kind of taken out. I think you're overthinking it a little bit. <laughs> Wouldn't just... it be awesome? His question is, wouldn't it be awesome if a cat peed on Hal and there's nothing he could do about it? <laughs> and the answer is yes. Yes, it would. I think if that was the case, then Hal would start carrying around bounty towels. That would be worth it, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, oh, so... And, and now, as we were scrolling on down the uh, the forum list, I just realized that the, epi- the episode title for this episode is... Ask the Lantern cast Lanternologists Lantern Relantern Quest Lanterns. What? When did, <laughs> you, when did you do that? Where? It's it's right it's right there. Are you on the uh the forum right now? Uh, yeah, I am. Is that the top? It's just under the Darth Knights topic about Dexter peeing on Hal Jordan. Oh my god, you did. Did you do that on purpose? Yes, well, it's like, you know, it's like, ask the lantern cast, lanternologists, lantern related questions, and then I just kind of like forced lantern into the last two words also. You're not allowed to name anything anymore. You're, <laughs> you're sure you're like, you're the, it's the, what, what the hell was your trivia contest called that you made Darth Maul do? It was like the trivia contest, contest, trivia, contest of trivia, questions, trivia, contest, lantern questions, trivia, one contest, questions, trivia. I, you know, if, if you have kids, I'm naming them. That's it. That's the end of it. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Name them like Dark Side, Lantern, Trivia Guy. Moving right. on down to Yoda Jones. Your turn. All right. Yoda Jones, who, let me just point out. He is uh, Jim Dietz of the Legion of Dudes podcast. Oh. Go to hhwlod.com. Uh, he's actually, I have, off the top of my head, I have no idea where it's located, but he also uh, owns and operates the Gypsy Cafe. Oh my god, so, that's him. Yeah, that's him. I always so, wanted to go there. Yeah, we'll find out where the Gypsy Cafe is and we'll put it in the, uh, the show notes. Isn't it in so, Pittsburgh? It might be. And they they have those uh, geek throwdowns whenever there's some some con or another. I don't remember. Yeah, the uh, the Steel City con. Okay, so yeah, it's in Pittsburgh. Is Pittsburgh Steel City? I don't. Yes. I don't know how town city nicknames work. Whatever. So yeah, halfhourwasted.com or legionandudes.com or hhwlod.com. It all, it all goes to the same site. Right. All right. He has three questions for us. Let's take them one at a time. Okay. Uh, who is your favorite Green Lantern of all time? For me, it is Rot Lop Fan. F Sharp Bell? Yes. Really? Of I, all time? Like, seriously, to me, like, that is possibly the greatest concept that they've ever come up with with Green Lantern. Hmm. I don't know. Chip is kind of adorable. But... <laughs> I have such a hard problem with it. Like, this is such a specific question. I mean, it's such a simple question, actually. But I always struggle with it because I'm so much more in love with the concept of the Green Lantern Corps than I am with any particular character. Right. Like, my favorite is constantly cycling around pretty much based on, like, what mood I'm in or what 
what year it happens to be. Right. Um, like I love Alan for being so like so unique among all of them. I love Guy for being so complex. I love Kyle for being so so in line with what I'm like. I like Hal for well, we both have brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> um but if I had to pick one that I think really just just has fun with the sheer amount of possibility like that comes with the Green Lantern Corps, I'd have to go with Mogo. <laughs> just because, just because, like, how how many times have we seen sci-fi comics and and TV shows and movies where "quote unquote" aliens just means like a human with some weird thing on their face? I'm not yeah. pointing directly to Star Trek, but they do that a lot. But so does like everything else. And with Green Lantern, you get a lot of that too. So like, Mogo is the ultimate in breaking of that mold. So I really appreciate that character and. I'm so glad that ever since Green Lantern Corps Recharge happened, Mogo has been popping up a lot. He hasn't been doing a super lot, but he's been there, he's been talking to people, he's just been been floating around being awesome. So, so my answer is going to be Mogo. And, so uh, you realize that we both picked Alan Moore creations. I was going to say, it's kind of appropriate, because I'm looking at his second question. Right. Did you read the Tales of the Green Lantern Corps story Tigers by Alan Moore and does it fit into the new Secret Origin continuity? Jim, you've been you've been tap dancing around talking about Tigers since like our first episode. So why don't you talk about Tigers a little bit? Didn't we we, we never mentioned Tigers when we Well, uh, we we originally in the first version of our uh, Secret Origin episode, we did but that oh. that never made it, so I don't think I think that was one of the things we left out of the second version that did air. Oh wow! Um, yes, we we both did read Tigers. It's it's brilliant, and it it absolutely does fit into continuity. Like I would say, the only thing that they reworked is that you didn't see Atrocitus in the Tiger story, but you did see some of the other characters that pop up later. Yeah, like Quill, most notably. Yes. And there was more than five creatures on that Anya Small, wasn't there? Like, they were everywhere, and they were, like, the environment and everything, too. Well, I, I don't know if there were actually more than five, but they were, like, the twisted form of the floor, and a face would be on the floor, and a lake would be talking kind of thing. It was yeah. weird. Everything had a mouth and sharp teeth. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a case of referencing almost directly back to that story. We'll have to we'll have to actually like go through that page by page again sometime. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good idea cuz like really that that's another thing where Alan Moore just he comes up with these concepts that are just absolutely genius and he throws them around like oh yeah, and in this backup story we're going to do a a tale about how Abin Sir found out about this prophecy and Maybe somebody will touch on it again. Maybe somebody won't. <laughs> blah blah blah. There you go. And you know, he just he just comes up with this stuff. And now all of a sudden, it, it's been the backdrop kind of you know background plot for 50 issues of Green Lantern, and now the biggest DC crossover in a while that everybody's looking forward to. You know, I just just thinking about it now. A lot of people really don't point to the fact that. That uh, Sodom Yat is an Alan Moore creation. Yes, he is. He he first showed up in that prophecy, mm-hmm. 
and you know that right there and he's been turned into he's basically been a main character in the Green Lantern books since the Sinestro War if you're reading Legion of Three Worlds which I, I'm not sure when the final issue of that is supposed to come out but it should be soon you know you have a representation of Sodom yet in there that's it's visually identical to what showed up in the Alan Moore story like I'm curious to see how the character goes from what we have in the present day to what we're shown in the Legion story. Although the Legion story does consist of the Legion of Three Worlds. So it That's could true. be a Sodom Yet of another world. That is true. Huh. I kinda once that actually finishes, we should touch on it maybe in the news section of an episode just because you know, there's there's some some really cool Green Lantern stuff that happens in that story. Definitely. Alright, uh, and moving on to his third question, what color ring would each of you choose to wield? That's an easy one. I'm going with green. I would like to think green, but I know from my own experience that I'm much more like I like <laughs> I don't I don't, don't want to say I'm not strong willed enough to use green. But I'm not like as like jump in and change. Like I might want to to jump in and change things for the better, just cause. But I always either like I overthink it, or I just I don't know. I don't. I think I'm just kind of like lacking something that would make me a good fit for green. Okay. And so and it's it's gonna sound like this has been like everybody's go-to answer since the colors were announced. And since before we knew the qualifications for him, but I think I would fit blue better because, like, I am like just with with my friends, with my coworkers in real life. Like, I'm the person who's constantly trying to keep everybody going. Like, I'm the one who's always trying to like put a positive spin on stuff. I'm the one who's trying to to just like not get you to like get bogged down with all like the bad crap going on. So. And whereas, like, I may not be able to fix your problems for you, but I can try and, like, I try to get people motivated to help themselves. So, blue. But my question to you, then, is, if you could choose to wield it, then would blue be the one that you choose, knowing that you would be completely powerless unless there was a Green Lantern around you? Well, see, when I was looking at this question, I took it to mean, like, all right, in... You're you're existing in a world where all of these rings exist, so it wouldn't be an issue of oh, there's only one power ring that exists, period, and it's a blue one, so you can't use it because there's no green anywhere. Yeah, but by the same token, then you'd have to just follow around the green to be able to you know gain enough power to do anything. Or I could just like go to your house because you'd pick green, and I could make you come over and hang out with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think blue fits me, or I fit blue, or however you want to look at that. Yeah, yeah, blue is awesome. Your answer is just boring. That's no way. No, because yeah. like, well, I took it to mean <laughs> like which one would you choose to wield? And really, like the the concept of green in that you don't have to have like an emotional connection to the ring. It's just like all about your willpower. You know, you just, you want to get the job done, you go out and you do the job. Oh, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I probably said this on the show before, but, like, I went to art school, and the Green Lantern ring and how it works 
is it's literally my definition of art. You're taking something that's inside you and you're putting it on the outside for other people to see or interact with in some manner. Like giving me a ring would be the equivalent of, well, like say the equivalent of, but you know what I mean, of like like giving it to Kyle Rayner in that you're taking a creative person who thinks visually and you're giving them the ability to literally make whatever's in their head exist on the outside. And that is tremendously appealing. Right. I just like, I just under, just me understanding myself and like how I, how I approach situations and how I have in the past approached and assessed situations both accurately and inaccurately why I don't have the power to crush a planet sitting on my finger, I would be more, like, I would not be as well suited for green as for blue. Okay. Alright, you're next. Okay, uh, now we move on down the list to Ziggo, our fan who likes to dress up as Two-Face at conventions. Yeah. I thought that was just for New York, but apparently he did it at, like, Heroes 2 or something. Yes. Oh, no, uh, it wasn't Heroes, it was... Wizard World? Wizard World Philadelphia, yeah. Okay, and he asks, actually, yeah, this is, a, a, I guess, a two-part kind of question. Who is your favorite B-list or lower DC character who is not a lantern, and what power ring would they wield? And he said, he goes on to say, I said B-list because if I say A-list, it's obvious it will be Wonder Woman or Batman or Superman, and we know what ring they wield. And, you know, he comes up with Superman Blue, Batman Yellow, and Wonder Woman Indigo Tribe, at least in his opinion. Yeah, those three sound right enough. I think Batman could be a couple different ones, but... Right. So who are your favorite B or, B or lower list characters? Well, like, as I'm sitting here, like, thinking about it, like, I'm just thinking back to, like, one of my favorite less than B list characters was always Wave Rider. And as I'm thinking about that, he's dead. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, so so just think about it. Like, could you possibly imagine having Wave Rider, a character who basically can time travel on a whim, and giving him a Black Lantern ring? Yeah, but if he's a time traveler, is he ever really dead? Well... I guess technically, yeah, but I mean, I I think it was in, I want to say Identity Crisis or something, it was when Dr. Light was going for, uh, to that, like, supervillain hangout for help. Right. So all the heroes were after him. And somebody in there, like, this this bad guy who time travels walks by, and somebody's like, hey, wasn't that, you know, so-and-so? I thought he died. And then the other guy's like, yeah, that's him from 30 seconds before he died. And the other guy's like, I hate time to travel. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. What is it about Wave Rider that you like? You know, like, I guess that happened within two years of me getting into comics, about, just about. And mm. just like this fantastic crossover with parallel possibilities and Wave Rider's this, you know, time-traveling character. Oh, yeah. I love the design, you know, the whole Armageddon 2001, like, I love that story. 
regardless of whether or not they changed the ending at the last second. Yeah. I still liked it. Man. My favorite B-list character... Hmm. Well, alright, I can't really settle on a favorite B-list or lower character, because I just noticed his thing was singular. I thought it said characters. I'm not really sure what ring they would all get, so I'll just say all of them, but I'll only answer for one of them. I guess if I had to break it down, my favorite B-list or lower characters are the the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle, um, Bart Allen as Kid Flash, and Power Girl. Now, I honestly don't know what ring you would give Blue Beetle. Like, yeah, everybody... It's like, oh, Blue Ring, what the... And everybody expected him to be somehow affiliated with the Blue Lanterns originally. But, you know, it's completely different. I feel like Jaime is the kind, a kind of character that would kind of fall in the space between some of the powers, but not really go strongly towards them. Towards one, Like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't immediately gravitate towards hope. Or he wouldn't go strictly to compassion or fear or whatever. You know, it would, he would become somewhere in, like, the middle, you know? And not the middle meaning green, but... <laughs> although it, is, it is worth mentioning that during the Sinestro War, someone else who had Blue Beetle armor did get inducted into the Sinestro Corps, like a Yellow Ring chose him. That was because the scarab that gives the Be- Blue Beetle his armor that was exerting control over its host. And with Jaime, he <laughs> is in charge, and, like, he's working to, like, de-bloodthirsty-ify his scarab, so I don't think yellow would really fit him. Bart? I, I have no clue. Like, do you have an opinion on Bart? Like, what kind, what ring would he get? Bart? I don't know. I mean, like, realistically, I think the vast majority of characters in the DC Universe... If they're going to get any ring, they're going to mostly gravitate towards green. Just because, like, to be a superhero in the DC Universe, you have to have tremendous willpower to want to keep doing it. Although, I do have an answer for Power Girl. Okay. And it's going to seem kind of negative, but I think it makes sense for her. I think she would get orange. Okay. And my reason for that is... You know, whether she's wanted to admit it to herself or not, ever since the the first crisis screwed up her history and her origin, her character has basically been about wanting to know what the hell her own deal is. She's wanted to go home. She's wanted to know what home is. She's wanted to know if she has a family. She's wanted to fill it, fit into the Superman family, even though she she until recently didn't anymore. And it's any time that she wasn't consciously, like, or coming out and saying it, she's been doing everything to try and not think about that. So, yeah, she hasn't been going around like, like, mine, mine, where is it? Give it to me. Everything about her character motivation has been about her wanting what was taken from her. So I think Orange would go to her. Okay, I could buy that. Shall we move on? Yes. Is that, is it my turn? Do you do Yes. Alright. Hey, it's Darth Knight again. He says, Okay, just by what you know of me, meaning him, which ring or rings would you think I would get? 
I think you would get yellow because you're like, <laughs> because you're like eight feet tall and scary. Yeah, I mean, like by the the idea that he has the ability <laughs> to inflict great fear, uh, I would say that. However, from what Darth Knight, as the program director behind the scenes, is doing right now, I would say that he's also pretty capable of. Uh, getting either a green or a blue and you know that is uh he's got willpower and uh he definitely provides a lot of hope i don't know it could just be these like scaring people into talking to us that's true too (laughs) but i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and and i'll go you know fairly positive yeah i mean we, we could both be wrong and you know he could just be totally like the lover type and get the star sapphire ring I don't know, because he has, he has kids, and Crib collected kids, so, you know, just throwing that <laughs> out there. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Uh, I guess this is more of a, a comment from FlashGL78. He says, <laughs> or she says, I don't actually know. I guess I would give the Flash, Barry Allen, a green ring because I guess technically he's a cop-slash-CSI guy. The Green Lantern Corps as a whole resembles a police force. I know my choice of ring might be lame. That makes sense. I want to take a second. I did this once before, but I want to point people over to the Flashback Podcast again. It's the Flashback Podcast. Is it Flashback Podcast at podbean.com? Let me just look it up. The reason that I bring it up is this member in question, FlashGL78, actually found out about our show by listening to theirs. I've been reading Flash Rebirth, and I've been liking it, and I wrote a letter into them like with my thoughts on an issue, and they read it, and they, unsolicited, they promoted our show, and that's how he found them. So, like, we were gaining listeners from them, so I just wanted to share the wealth. Oh, and here's it's flashbackpodcast.podbean.com Okay. You have the last question. Yes, one more here. From Sandgrounder. Is that how we say that? Yep. Actually, I haven't read this one. Alright. Which of the Blackest Night tie-ins will you guys be getting to, and why or why not? Uh, He goes on to say that he was going to try and stick to the regular titles and just Blackest Night itself, but I think I'll also pick up the Tales of the Core and Blackest Night Superman, because he's a Superman fan. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if you've been listening to the show, then you pretty much know that I'm a, a very easy mark <laughs> for anything Green Lantern that they put out, really. Oh, he bought Animal Man. <laughs> yes, I bought Animal Man number two, because it had a Green Lantern whale on the cover. <laughs> Uh, and that that actually, didn't that did that didn't even tie into Blackest Night. No, actually, I think I think we have it down that since Tales of the Core, they, it comes out all in the same month, like one issue a week for right. three weeks. That we're gonna actually do like a an episode all about that that miniseries. Sounds good. Like, yeah, and we actually we should figure out eventually how are we specifically how we're going to cover the other tie-ins because. I mean, I'm thinking they're going to be self-contained, so do we wait three months and just do, like, a Blackest Night Superman episode 
where we could talk about all three and do it in that format, or yeah, we have think, like number one of each of them, or yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Which the all in one or the you know uh, do all episode all issue ones, all issue twos, all issue threes. Okay, that works. Yeah, since they're coming out monthly. Yeah. But there will be an episode that's specifically about Tales of the Core number one through three. Which we might get a lot out of because it's three, it's basically an anthology, so there's like three issues full of a bunch of short stories. Yeah, I will say that that is definitely the one that I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, and, and in terms of what you should buy for it being essential, I don't know what the stories in this thing are going to be about, but Tales of the Core is, well, first off, it's written by Jeff Johns and Peter Tomasi, who are, they've been writing Green Lantern and Green Lantern Core, respectively, for ever. <laughs> I think Peter Tomasi jumped on, like, right during the Sinestro War. And they're taking this opportunity to tell you, to give you information about these different alien lanterns that either we've only seen a little bit of to up to now, or we've seen nothing of. So, if anything, this is where we're going to start learning about characters that could play an important role in Blackest Night, or at the very least, we're going to start learning more about how different color lanterns do things. So, I would say if you're going to buy any tie-ins, buy that. Definitely. We actually have one more email. Oh, really? Yes, from Gordon. Oh, I forgot. Yes, I'll, I'll read this one. So, Gordon says to us, Hi folks, thanks for the podcast. I listen to each new episode as soon as it comes out. And his question, If Alan is able to reforge his lantern from the shards, which he's referencing Solomon Grundy number four, mm-hmm. he might want to keep it close to him from now on. Do you think we'll be seeing Alan in his Kingdom Come armor in the near future? Hmm. Now, I haven't been reading it. But I feel like I've seen some picture from the current Justice Society with when they were doing the the Gog story. Yes. Did like did that literally happen or? Yes. Yeah. Actually, in one of the Gog issues, you had Gog was a god from uh, what were the Kirby creations for the fourth world? Yeah. Was okay. He like... So Gog was a god from the third world. Okay, so he was even older. Oh, yeah, yeah, and and supposedly more powerful. But he chose another guy as his herald, Magog, and when they finally had to defeat Gog, you ended up seeing like a lot of the Justice Society members kind of like taking on their kingdom come personality in order to defeat him. Like, the Flash was Jay Garrick, was kind of like super speeded up so that he was kind of like just a blur, just like in Kingdom Come. And Alan Scott, he kind of formed his emerald energy armor kind of thing to take the guy out. Was there an actual... I don't want you to give like all like super specific details and ruin stuff because I do want to read this eventually, but was him forming the armor specifically just kind of a like thrown in there because that's what he did in Kingdom Come, or was it? Was there an actual like in-story reason why he needed armor? I'm not entirely sure. I think he just kind of like popped up with the armor to be able to handle the threat that they were now facing, kind of thing. 
Okay. Was it, like, was his battery in there, or was it just a straight-up energy I, creation? I am almost positive that it was just a straight-up energy creation. Hmm. Now, as far as, you know, do we do I think that he's going to, you know, reformulate an armor out of his his lantern, I don't really see that happening yet. Yeah, I think they'll they'll keep his classic look. Or, I mean, it might be kind of cool, because, I mean, Wonder Woman has a suit of armor that she busts out whenever whenever things get really rough, so, you know, maybe he could augment his battery into something that he uses occasionally. But, I don't know, I almost think that the brand of power he uses kind of takes away the need for the armor. Yeah, depending on if that's actually the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I'd like to see him, like, absorb his battery or something. Because, mm. I mean, depending on where where the continuity goes from here, he may or may not be, like, just flat out made of his Starheart power. So he could theoretically, like, like absorb this power of the battery into himself so he wouldn't have that external vulnerability. Okay. Alright, is that everything? That's that's it, I think. Okay. I'm thinking uh, maybe today, because we're running kind of long, we can skip the second break and then just uh, close out the episode. Alright, so if, if you guys want to contact us with more questions or just comments or filling in gaps that we, we missed, you can write to us at lanterncast at gmail.com. Or you can come and talk to us and everyone else who posted questions here on our forums at thecomicforums.com. Uh, scroll on down to LanternCast, all alphabetically. You can go to LanternCast.com, where we have links to all of our episodes, and also a link to the forums. And we're on iTunes. Yes, we are. Okay. Okay. So I guess, until next time, I'm yeah. Dan Kurtz. <laughs> Gland on the forums? No, I am. Yes, that's what I said. Get your own name. I'm Jim Ford Chowanato on the forums. I just want to say thank you to everybody on the forum for giving us topic ideas and questions and everything else. Yeah, that's really great. And we have, like, so many more of them waiting for, basically waiting for Black's Night to be over. <laughs> so yeah. if you go to our forum, there's a thread at the top that I forgot what it's called. It's 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 basically asking to contribute ideas for what you want to hear. Oh yes, actually, it might be what it's called. <laughs> um, it might take a little while for us to get to to some of them because <laughs> they're fairly in depth. Yeah, it's fairly in depth, and there's a lot of material that's about to just hit us in the face. So you know, definitely, definitely by by next year. <laughs> that's a horrible promise, <laughs> but definitely, definitely by the time Blackest Night is over, we're gonna be. We're going to be hitting that list hard. Absolutely. Yeah, so please do contribute, and don't be flustered if it takes us a very long time to get to it, but we will get to it. Okay. So long, everybody. Bye. Never say again Why 
Why'd you ever have to read between the lines? Creating stories that should have been all left behind. Why'd you ever have to?